Welcome to OK-ish, a podcast all about mental health in the modern world. I'm Mary Ellen Dance, a licensed mental health therapist, here to strip away misunderstandings about therapy and share exactly what I do in an honest way. Don't worry, you won't hear inspirational quotes or be told to spend more time doing self-care. I'm here to get to the real stuff using my own experiences as a therapist and as a really messy human being. Come and laugh at yourself with me as you learn not how to become great, but how to become okay-ish. So you really thought that I would get through Boost Self-Esteem Month without talking at all about self-esteem in relationships? Of course not. (laughs) But before we get into that, I'm your host, Mary Ellen, and I am so excited that you're here with me today. And I have some breaking news. There is now an okay-ish journal on Amazon available for purchase. Head to Amazon and search okay-ish journal or MaryAllenDance.com or DaydreamerNetwork.com to find it. Heck, you can probably Google it and find it. I hope so. I am so, so pumped. I can't even tell you. My journal actually came today. I'm literally holding it in my hands and... It's big and it's thick and it's pretty and it smells good. I'm one of those people that likes to like smell books. It's a guided journal. So what it looks like is it looks at the day, but also the week. I like to write like weekly goals and then obviously journal daily. But I like to look at like weekly goals and look back on my week and reflect. So it involves all of those things. So it's focused on, you know, how to be okay-ish. And I can't wait to hear what you think. And I'm so excited that mine's here so I can start journaling today. All right. So now that that's out of the way, self-esteem in relationships. Not a light topic, unfortunately. So this whole month, I've been chatting about self-esteem. What it is, what it isn't, tips to increase your self-esteem. Last week, I had an awesome, awesome guest on named Dan Fail, who talked about self-esteem in relation to failure, which was really interesting. But let's be honest, our self-esteem often comes from other people. And I could go on and on and on about our relationships with our parents and as a young child and all that good stuff. But for today, for today's episode, I want to talk about romantic relationships and self-esteem. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I feel like this is such a heavy topic. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone that breakups aren't good for self-esteem. I'm sure we all have experienced breakups in our lives and they don't don't do good things for our self-esteem. But let me ask you this. Do you think that getting in a relationship is good for self-esteem? Or being in a long-term relationship is good for self-esteem? Or is being single worse for self-esteem or better for self-esteem? Right? Does none of it matter and we're just born with the self-esteem that we have? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because based on a study published in 2017, romantic relationships that are longer lasting, meaning over a year, and are well-functioning, high-functioning, can actually increase self-esteem. But other than that, relationships, being in a relationship tends to decrease (laughs) self-esteem. You guys, that doesn't sound great. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. 
So let's look at this. Let's first chat about this quote unquote high functioning relationship that increases self-esteem, what that means. And honestly, there's a lot of different definitions for this, but most of the definitions of high functioning or healthy relationships include having shared goals, having positive, productive, and respectful communication, having intimacy, and no, I don't just mean sex, I mean intimacy like closeness, but not all high-functioning relationships last for a wide variety of reasons. Like, it's possible to have a high-functioning but shorter term, like under a year, relationship. The things that typically make these high-functioning relationships last include three big things, actually. The first is reciprocal self-disclosure, which means that both people self-disclose. Both people are open, honest, and vulnerable with the other person. It's reciprocal. The second thing that makes these high-functioning relationships last is that the relationship is communal. And what I mean by that is each partner supports the other without expectation of being repaid or owed, right? Like not keeping track of that or keeping score. And then the third thing that typically makes high-functioning relationships last is having a strong sense of commitment. And with that, I mean both partners are committed to working together to maintain the relationship. So that all sounds well and good, right? (laughs) And we can talk lots more about healthy relationships for sure because isn't that what we all kind of want? I mean, I know I want healthy relationships, both romantically and with my family, with my friends, with my colleagues. But for the purposes of today and focusing on romantic relationships, can any of us really say that every relationship we've been in has looked like what I just described? I don't think we can. And I'm not saying that's because we've all dated douchebags. I mean... I know I've dated a fair share of douchebags in my day, but sometimes relationships, for whatever reason, for so many reasons, both people can be super awesome, but the relationship is just not healthy or just not a good fit. And unfortunately, that does a number to our self-esteem. It really does. So what are the unhealthy things in relationships? It's a little bit more complicated than just the opposite of the healthy things I just described. By the way, as always, I feel the need to say this is meant to be an overview. I could literally talk all day and all night about relationships and relationships will always come up in this podcast and in my work. But if I'm skipping over things today, it's just because it's a broad overview. All right. So the unhealthy stuff in relationships. So obviously, we don't want romantic relationships that involve lying, cheating, deceiving, meanness, you know, all those things. We want, we want to be nice to each other. But things get really messed up along the way, don't you think? When I was a little kid, probably in like elementary school, my older brother told me, Mary Ellen, never date a boy who's mean to you. And, you know, my elementary school self was like, uh, duh, why would you need to say that to me? Like, I don't like the boys in my class who aren't mean. <laughs> Well, we can probably all see where this story is headed. (laughs) So today, I'm not going to go into all of the details of why we date people who are not very nice to us. That's different for everyone and complicated, and I'll do another episode on that. 
But we all end up doing it at some point, right? And maybe sometimes we've been the not so nice person in a relationship. That doesn't make us terrible people, but it's important to know the things that are done in relationships. And maybe we're doing those things because we have poor self-esteem, but then they contribute to plummeting the other person's self-esteem or vice versa. It's like this vicious cycle. So again, lying, deceiving, cheating, all signs of an unhealthy relationship. But also criticizing, judging, insulting, demanding, blaming, distrusting. These are things that happen in relationships that for sure can be worked through sometimes. And other times they just destroy the relationship and in turn destroy our self-esteem. Have you ever heard the term gaslighting? Gaslighting is a form of manipulation and it's a really sneaky form of manipulation because it's often more subtle than just outward manipulation, right? It's often difficult to spot. It kind of sneaks up on us. But gaslighting often results in the recipient of the gaslighting doubting their own perception of reality and sanity. Can anyone relate to ever being in a relationship or even just a conversation with a partner and thinking, wait, 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 am I the crazy one? Or wait, 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 my feelings were hurt, but now I feel like I'm the one in the wrong and now I'm the one apologizing and I'm confused at what just happened. Yep, that's gaslighting. Gaslighting is really, really common in people with borderline personality disorder, with narcissistic personality disorder, with abusers, with dictators, cult leaders. But it's also, unfortunately, a common part of a lot of relationships these days. You know, it can be common if one partner is really, really selfish. Heck, we may have even accidentally gaslit someone else at some point without even realizing it. I know I've accidentally been very critical of partners and had to take a step back and look at that. So let me share some kind of deeper examples of gaslighting. All right. So the person gaslighting may be denying something, denying that they've said something, done something, you know, like you may say, hey, remember when you told me blah, blah, and they will literally deny it. Or you could say, hey, you know, the other day you called me dumb and that hurt my feelings. And they will literally deny it until you start to question whether or not it even happened. That's when you may start to question like, wait, uh, did I do something wrong here? Uh, what happened? What happened here? That's the manipulation. Another thing that people who gaslight might do is they might use something that they know is like a trigger or something that's important to you as ammunition, right? Like say you don't have a great relationship with your mother and the person might say, oh, you sound just like your mother. They know that's going to be like a dig, or maybe they say, oh, I thought your kids were number one priority, but you're working full time. How can that be the case? Those little like digs. Another type of gaslighting could look like projection. This is actually really, really common in gaslighting. Projection is basically when one person is doing something, but they say the other one is. Like one person is being critical and they say the other person is, oh, well, you're criticizing me. And you're like, I didn't mean to criticize you. I just want to say that my feelings were hurt. 
And they're like, no, you're being critical. You're the critical one. When really they're the critical one. Have we ever found ourselves in those experiences? Those conversations, when we get into them, they're really hard to get out of, right? So two more examples of gaslighting that I want to share. Isolation. People who gaslight often want to isolate you from other people. So they may say, oh, that friend, that family member, all these friends, all those family members, like you can't trust them. Just trust me. They want to kind of like keep you to themselves and isolate you. And then the last example of gaslighting that I want to give is blaming. This kind of goes along with what I've been saying, but have you ever been told you're crazy, right? People who tend to gaslight have no problems with accusing you of being the one to be needy or too emotional. I've gotten that one a lot. Or crazy or, oh my gosh, like I think you need help. So I kind of went through those things quickly, but think back on those. Imagine those things, that isolating, the blaming, the projection, the denial. Imagine those things being done to you day in and day out. Do you think that might hurt your self-esteem? I have the answer. It's yes. (laughs) I can speak from personal experience, right? When people have blamed me, when I've been in relationships where like, You know, I say, oh, this hurt my feelings or I'm uncomfortable with this, trying to set a boundary or sharing my feelings. And the other person says, you're being critical. Like, why are you so needy? Why do you need this? You're being critical. You're hurting my feelings. That's projection. That's being mean. That's blaming. It's so many of those things. And then it leaves me feeling, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. Did I do this? Right? And then thinking, oh my gosh, I'm a horrible person. I'm critical. I'm mean. I'm this, I'm that. And the other thing, I'm going to think, wow, nobody would ever want to date me. Nobody would ever want to be friends with me. Nobody would want to be with me. See how it turns into this spiral? Because that's what it does. It can sneak up on us and turn into a spiral. So relationships can be really good or really bad for our self-esteem. There's a few things I want to mention as takeaways from this conversation. Hopefully this conversation is not meant for you to go home and be like, oh my gosh, you're gaslighting me. It's just meant to think of things in a different light and think how these things affect us and what we can do about them. So here are the three kind of takeaways I want you to have from today. The first one is, yes, ultimately self-esteem comes from within. It's probably no surprise to us that people with higher levels of self-esteem to begin with are more likely to get into those high-functioning relationships that I talked about a few minutes ago. And people with lower rates of self-esteem tend to be attracted to people who also treat them badly because that's what they're used to, right? So doing the self-esteem work on our own, with our own therapist, with our own internal growth process, however we do it is so, so, so important because sometimes you don't have bad self-esteem. You're just surrounded by assholes. I saw that in like a meme somewhere. I'm not the first person to say that. And sometimes maybe we need to not surround ourselves with assholes and we'll have better self-esteem. Or sometimes If we increase our self-esteem, we're going to recognize the people we want in our lives and the people we don't want. Or maybe if we increase our self-esteem, we'll be able to have more productive conversations 
So the first takeaway is ultimately self-esteem does come from within. We do need to do our own self-esteem work at the end of the day. The second takeaway from today is if you are being financially, physically, sexually, or emotionally abused by a partner, please call 1-800-799-SAFE. 1-800-799-SAFE. Emotional abuse and gaslighting are abuse. You can call that number for those things. And then the third takeaway, everyone, I mean everyone, even the best person in the world can sometimes do some gaslighty type things that may hurt our self-esteem. If it's a persistent pattern, get out of the relationship. Not healthy. But if you're hearing this and you're like, oh, my partner blamed me once for that one thing, that doesn't mean we need to necessarily get out of the relationship, right? We can have healthy, productive, respectful conversations about how these things impact our self-esteem that can actually lead to really great relationships. Sometimes really great relationships start off not so great, right? With like learning curves and, oh, this is hurting the other person or, oh, I didn't realize I was doing this and I need to change that. I am not, I repeat, not excusing gaslighting or manipulative behavior. If you try to talk to a partner about this and they get angry, defensive, continue to blame you, all of that, that's obviously not healthy. However, we are all humans. And part of those healthy, high-functioning relationships that we all want, you know, those relationships that help increase our levels of self-esteem, involve talking to our partners, telling them what hurts our self-esteem, telling them what's a trigger for us, and then working through it together, right? Those communal goals I mentioned earlier. Because I know some amazing couples, super healthy couples, that still hurt each other's feelings every so often. They do things that may impact the other person's self-esteem, but the key is to working through it. And the key is to look at, okay, is this a persistent pattern or is this a human being a human and relationships are hard and we need to work through hard stuff. And sometimes it's hard to know the difference, right? But it's important to look at that and recognize, hey, this is hurting my self-esteem. I feel really, really insecure and bad about myself when I'm around this person. Maybe we can look at some of those gaslighty type things and look at the relationship. So this is our last episode of this self-esteem month. Now, self-esteem obviously comes up all the time, so it will not be my last time talking about self-esteem by a long shot. But as always, if you want more information and conversations on self-esteem, message me. I would love to chat more. I love to talk about this. And most importantly, remember that no matter what type of relationship you're in or not in, you are totally okay-ish. Disclaimer, this podcast is produced for your universal listening pleasure. Any statements shared during our program are opinions and experiences of our team and guests. If you disagree with any content presented herein, please find another show before submitting nasty grams. This is a positive vibes only platform. If you love our show and want to connect, share your experiences, or know someone who we should interview on future episodes, please don't hesitate to get in touch through our website or Instagram. Thanks for listening to this program brought to you by Daydreamer Network. 
If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to rate and review on Apple Podcasts or your preferred platform. Your feedback allows us to rank on the best new shows list and continue to grow our podcasts in order to bring more unique and talented storytellers to the network. To check out our shows, including programs about relationships, sports, business, nutrition, leisure, and more, head to www.daydreamernetwork.com. We look forward to seeing you back next week for another great episode. Have a wonderful day.